The Z-Ball Podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast on a Monday night where we are less than 24 hours from the start of the 2018-2019 NBA season. And yesterday we did over Eastern Conference over-unders. Tonight we'll be doing Western Conference over-unders. And uh, joining me tonight, uh, the birthday duo, rebound and assist. How are you guys doing, fellas? We're doing good, man. How are you, Deshaun? Doing good. Uh, looking forward to the start of the NBA season. Uh, we had exciting uh, Eastern Conference overrunners yesterday. Today, uh, we'll look into the Western Conference, and we'll go ahead and we're going to start in the the Northwest Division. Excuse me. And the first team we're going to look at the Denver Nuggets over under forty seven and a half. What do you think, assist? I don't know, that's a tough one. I mean, they've got a lot of nice pieces there with Nurkic, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. I really like the Michael Porter draft pick and the Isaiah Thomas signing. They've got a lot of good pieces. I just, 48 is tough in the Western Conference. All these teams, I I think there's probably 13 legitimate playoff teams. I mean, if I had to guess, or if I had my stance, I think they're going to be right around that 45, 46 sort of number. 40, 40. Seven and a half means they're at 48. I think it's probably a couple games below that. Okay. Re- rebound? Yeah, I'm definitely going under on this one. As Austin, as Assist mentioned, uh, it's, it, they're a very talented roster, but the West is just so deep. And I, I think they'll, they'll have about 45 wins. Okay, I guess uh, in regards to Jokic, uh, their star center, uh, do we see him kind of make a, a big leap this season and kind of become that all-star and kind of that uh, dominant all-NBA guy? What do you think, Assist? Uh, um, he's, I, mean, he was, he was, I, don't, I don't think I mean, his offensive game is already at an all-star level, right? It's defensive liabilities, which has held him off the floor sometimes in the fourth quarter. And, I mean, when he makes that sort of leap, I mean, that team can be a legitimate mid-50s win team and a contender in the, in the West, right? Given his age, I mean, he's still in his early 20s, and I think, I mean, there, there's a, I think he can be an all-star because I assume DeMarcus Cousins is not an all-star this year, so there's one new slot on the front court opening up, and I mean, he could easily fill that slot. I don't see why not. Okay. All right, uh, I'm going to agree with you guys here on Denver. I think they're 43-44 win team. Just like you guys mentioned, tough Western Conference, but and they still have a lot of young guys that are developing uh, with Murray and Jokic. But yeah, just tough, loaded Western Conference, so because of that, I'm going to go under. And we'll all agree on that one, and we'll move on to team number two in the Northwest. Wait, 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 wait Zeeshan, can we, can yeah. we just one, one last thing on Denver? I think we do a, a big disservice if we didn't mention... Paul Millsap and Isaiah Thomas, right? Like, I mean, if Millsap can take a leap beyond, I mean, yeah, I know he's a veteran and uh, done all this stuff, but 
mean, if he settles well back in, in year two in Denver, I mean, that's the upside case, in my opinion. That's where they can get to, like, maybe 50 wins. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, he's, he would have to get back to the level he was at in Atlanta, I think, when they had 62 wins in order for that to happen. Yeah. And then, I mean, Isaiah yeah, Thomas, I mean, well, I mean, with him, I mean, it's just, I mean, the the biggest leap, uh, the biggest fall that you can have as a superstar in the NBA. I mean, going from top five NBA candidate, MVP candidate to getting a minimum veteran minimum contract. So, I mean, I don't know how he's really going to fit in just because, I mean, how, how much playing time do you think he's going to get uh, on this Nuggets team? I think 20 minutes a game is... Somewhere right around there, right? He's the third guard off the bench, right? 20, yeah. 25 minutes. So rebound, I mean, you saw obviously uh, Isaiah on the Lakers last year for a bit. I mean, so what do you think, uh, how do you think uh, you uh, kind of analyze his game compared to what he was in the 16-17 season with the Celtics? Uh, he was much, not as good as he was on the Celtics, but he was better than he was on the Cavs. Yeah, I think from this point in his career, it looks like he's just going to be a backup point guard now, uh, but... Uh, I think he, he he brings that veteran presence, which will help out the team. Okay, fair enough. Uh, By the way, rebound, uh, rebound. Z, I just want to say I'm really excited to be on this on this podcast with you guys. I appreciate the opportunity. I just wanted to mention that before I forget. That's all. No problem. It's a pleasure having you. We appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll agree with the, on the Nuggets. All we're all going under. And we'll move on to the next team, which is probably the most intriguing team at the moment in the Northwest Division with all the stuff that's going on there. The Minnesota Timberwolves, over under 41.5 wins. We'll start with rebound on this one. I'm going under. Uh, eventually, they're going to trade Jimmy Butler as all the drama's going on and just too much mess. And if they, whatever they trade for Jimmy, whatever they get for Butler... They're not going to get what he's worth because every time you trade a star player, you get cents on the dollar. So I don't know what they're going to get. I don't know where he'll land, but uh, I'm going under here for sure. All right, Asif, uh, what, what do you think? Um, I'm going to have to agree with rebound there. I think it's going to be the under. I think it's, this is probably a high 30, 37, maybe 38 win team just with sort of what Rion and you pointed to, sort of all the disruption and distractions coming from uh, Jimmy, the Jimmy Butler scenario. And look, their, their best case scenario is, I mean, they've got some conflict of interest, right? Like, Thibodeau wants to keep his job as GM and coach and wants to win now, so he wants a veteran. While what's probably best for the franchise is you get sort of draft picks and young guys again that can sort of grow with Wiggins and Towns and the rest of that team, right? With and so I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm taking under, and I'll say 37 if I have to put a, a one number on it. Okay, I mean, in regards to the Butler situation, uh, how did this whole situation kind of start? I mean, I don't know if I m- missed something from last season, or is this something just basically just came out of nowhere? Because I mean, it's really strange. I mean, this was his first season with Minnesota, and I don't really know wh- where things went wrong. So I don't know if you guys know what happened there. I mean, my perception is, I mean, look, we're all on the outside looking in, let's just say that, first of all. But it's like, 
they were they were a pretty good team last year. They were the four seed before he went down with injury, right? Remember, he, I think he went down right late in the regular season with that knee injury. Or yeah, he did, and then they went on a little and, spiral after that, yeah. So. Yeah, and then, so they were playing well, but I, it's probably just sort of, in my opinion, just a conflict of personality, right? Like, you have Wiggins and Towns, who are, the, who are the face of the franchise right now, and they're young guys, they're in their early 20s. Butler's a 30-year-old or close to 30-year-old guy who's literally had to fight tooth and nail to get everything he's had in his career, right? To get a scholarship to Marquette and then to get in the NBA and then work extra, extra hard to become an all-star while, like, Towns and Wiggins have been prodigies, right? So there's that just inherent conflict and I think that just sort of didn't mesh well for all of them. And also, I mean, like, Towns and Wiggins, they've got a 10-year timeline. Wig, uh, Jimmy's probably got three, four more really good years, and then it could be a steep drop-off then. So I think that's probably one of the... That, to me, that's where it came from. It's just it's something that was there from the beginning, but then with time, it got worse. Okay, yeah, that's definitely a great point. But, I mean, it seems like they brought in a lot of uh, kind of veteran guys as well. I mean, and a lot of former Bulls guys, so I don't... Like Dang, Gibson, Derrick Rose. So I don't know how what kind of role those guys are going to fill. Uh, what do you think you see from those guys this season, Rebound? Dang, Taj Gibson, Derrick Rose. Well, from Dang, I don't know, because being a Laker fan, I he hasn't been playing. It was a waste of money. So Derrick Rose, he looked pretty good last season. And Taj, he, he, he can rely on him to come off the bench or start and give you a, a solid a solid 10 and 5, maybe a little less on the points and more on the rebounds. But... Okay, and then in regards to Towns, uh, I think a few years ago, uh, people were kind of putting him at the level of Anthony Davis. Uh, what has kind of been missing in the past few seasons where he has not gotten to that kind of MVP level that people kind of expected, Asif? Um, uh, for, uh, with Towns, it's, I mean... Comparing him to Davis, like in college, yeah, I, 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 I get it, but Towns isn't nearly the defender that Davis is, and, and I think that's sort of the biggest difference. I mean, also, when you look at both those players, Towns is a lot thicker. He's just a, he's a thicker guy than Davis is, and that allows Davis to be, I mean, Davis is very, very agile, right? Like, he's a, I, mean, I, hate, to, I hate to use the cliche of like a once-in-every-decade sort of player, and I mean, in town, in, in his own right, he's a very he's a special player too. But I mean, he's just not as good as Anthony Davis, and he hasn't developed on defense, which is half the game, right? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing I think missing from his game. And then I mean, defensively, Wiggins as well was expected to be much better defender than he's become in the NBA. Uh, what kind of uh, improvements does he need to make uh, to kind of become a two way player that everyone thought he would be coming into the draft? I mean, it's uh, honestly, I, 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 like, I hate to, I hate to be in the minds of these players, but it's like, dude, you're like one of the best players in the world, just on natural gifts. Like all that extra work to get that to become the best. I don't know. I don't think a lot of these guys have it. So, <laughs> I mean, he's a pretty darn good player, just on a, on the law and what he's doing now. And I mean, making the extra leap. Who knows? He may not have it in him. I mean, it's hard. We judge it like Towns when he came out of high school. Or one year at Kansas, I mean, we we a lot like a lot of these guys. I mean, we think that they're 
progression and talent and game is going to continue on the same tra- trajectory, and it's not. I mean, these, I mean, maybe they, they, a lot of them, they plateau a lot earlier than we think they can, right? Because, I mean, there's only so many people that become future Hall of Famers and 10-time All-Stars and all that stuff, right? Okay, given how... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, not to say that he can't improve, but... I mean, he's still, he's still only, what, 23 years old, 24 years old? I mean, he's still a young guy. Like, he can still make those leaps. I, I just, I don't, I think it, for me, when I watch him play, I think the biggest thing is effort. Okay. And, and I think that's sort of going back to what we were talking about, Jimmy Butler, right? Like, a guy like Jimmy Butler who has literally worked hard in every, every day and every point of his career in basketball just to be cut, get where he was. Versus, like, these guys were a lot of it was given to him. Not given to him, but he probably didn't have to work as hard. And it's sort of, that's what sort of graded and sort of irritated Jimmy Butler a lot. Okay, I can I can definitely see that as a scenario. But given how some of these guys just come one and done from college, uh, are we at a point now where we can kind of say where a guy kind of plateaus at 25 as opposed to kind of like 29 27, like in, in prior years when guys would come out of college like three years when they'd be like 21 coming into the NBA? I mean, I think we are just because, like, I mean, they've been in at that point, like, if you come in at 19 and you're at 25, you've been in the league six years, right? Like, so I think that's probably a fair assessment in my opinion. I don't know. What, what do you think about that rebound? Uh, it's t- a tough call, but I, I, w- I would have to agree. Because some people are just going to get uh, injuries happen and other, other things. And just like the Met not happy where you are with Jimmy Butler is right now. He's not happy where he is. And, uh, yeah, people are coming in the league earlier now. And I heard they might even change the rule and let them in at, uh, after high school now. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I guess going back to Minnesota, the 41 and a half, I'm going to agree with you guys on this one as well. Just too much uh, inner turmoil going on, in my opinion. And Towns Wiggins, I don't know if they can spring it together to kind of go over 40, 42 wins without Butler, which Butler for sure is going to be traded at some point, who knows when. But just because of that, I'm going to go under agree with you guys. I think. 36 wins for the, the Timberwolves. And with that, uh, anything else we want to add for Minnesota? Nope. I mean, I, I just would have said, I don't think Thibodeau was probably the right coach for that team at that point in time. I mean, he's an old-school coach, veteran coach. I mean, he's not a young players coach. I would like, like to call him like a Luke Walton or a Steve Kerr. Okay, I mean, Thibodeau has been known to run guys into the ground, uh, overplay them, uh, give them a heavy workload. So is that kind of uh, where the issues stem from? I mean, do Wiggins and Towns kind of uh, not like that approach? Is that- I mean, I probably wouldn't like that approach if I was one of his players. And I saw everyone in the league and what they, what they were getting with sort of with D'Antoni and some of the other young coaches and... So, yeah, I would, I'd probably agree with that. Okay. All right, uh, we'll move on then to team number three in the Northwest, Oklahoma City Thunder, over under at 48.5. We'll start with you, Asif. Uh, 
Um, you know what? I'm going to take the over on this one. I'm going to give them sort of 49 to 52 wins, and I think it's going to be addition by subtraction. They, 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 they basically gave away Melo, but they got another sort of quick guard and uh, Dennis Schroeder that came on board, and then you've got Paul George and Russell Westbrook committed for the next few years. And I think they're going to think their chemistry is going to improve now that they know who the clear one-two is and no one's tippy-toeing around sort of Carmelo. And I think, I, I just think the team's going to gel and they're going to play well, so I'm going to take the over. Okay, rebound? Yeah, I'm also going to go over here. I think having Carmelo was just the issue and getting rid of him was their number one priority in the offseason and they made it happen. Uh, that's going to help the team out a lot. And I like, as I, as I said, uh, the addition of Dennis Smith-Truder. I like that addition a lot. He's going to help out. And I really like Steven Adams. I'm a big fan of Steven Adams. So I'm going over. I'm going 50 wins. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you guys here as well. Uh, I think this is a 51-win team. Uh, Schroeder is a really good guy, a really good pickup for them off the bench. And then... Uh, not having to worry about a big ego like Carmelo and worrying about getting him uh, touches and minutes and stuff like that. I think that's kind of a big burden to release. And then they have uh, their two main guys locked up for the next couple of years. So they don't really have to worry about uh, trade demands, contract years, stuff like that, free agency. So it seems like they're kind of uh, moving away from the Durant era and kind of settling into kind of their new identity and because of that I think they're going to be they're going to thrive and like you guys mentioned build more chemistry and they're more comfortable with each other and hopefully it will serve them really well but going with Billy Donovan uh just a few questions uh everyone kind of complained at the stagnation of offense under prior coach Scott Brooks so how do you think Billy Donovan has fared uh kind of uh, employing his offensive system. Is it kind of the same thing, or do we see, what differences do we see? I mean, is it my turn, Z? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it, I, I don't think it's so much sort of Scott Brooks or Billy Donovan or the, who the P.J. Carlesimo before that. I think as we've seen Russell Westbrook grow and develop, I mean, he's a very, very, very unique talent right where his his best qualities and his worst qualities come out when he's dominating the ball. And the, and so when you have a guy who is a historically sort of caught 33% sort of three-point shooter who jacks up five or six a game but is also sort of the engine and the heart and soul of the team, it does lead to a stagnant offense, right? Like, I mean, I, think how much, I don't know, I'm not an analytics guy, but I can't say how much of possessions that he dominates over their over a game, but I think it's close to half or even more than half, and so that's where the stagnation comes from. Okay. Because I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago before Durant left, there was the, the rumors about sort of trading Russ for CP3. I mean, that if that happened, Durant never would have left OKC. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good point. Because, I, I mean, Durant, I, I mean, as, as good as he was, the better player, uh, Russell Westbrook was getting the more, more shot attempts, more touches. And like you mentioned, yeah, he ha- he has probably in the last two seasons one of the highest usage rates in probably NBA history. So, so that's that's definitely a good point. But rebound, uh, do you think uh, Russell Westbrook can get in back into kind of MVP form from two seasons ago? Obviously, he's coming off two straight seasons averaging uh, 
a triple double. So do you think he he can continue that for a third straight season? Yeah, I think he could continue it, but uh, sometimes I think they're kind of letting him get the rebounds. I don't want that to happen. Like his teammates are getting out of the way for him to get the rebound to average the triple double. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely uh, a cheap way of getting triple doubles, but uh, we definitely see it a lot. Uh, I mean, probably more so with him, but uh, I'm sure other players do it as well. But uh, we'll all agree again on Oklahoma City, and we'll move on to team number four in the Northwest. Before we move on to this team, uh, their owner, I believe, just passed away today, Paul Allen. So uh, rest in peace to him, and uh, condolences go out to his entire family. So this team, the next team is the Portland Trailblazers. They have an over-under of 42 wins. Rebound, we'll start with you on this one. On this one, I'm going to have to go under. I mean, this team is talented with uh, obviously starting off with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, but it's just not going to work out. They've been together for a while, and they're not going to go anywhere. The farthest they're going to go is the second round, which I don't even think they're going to go to this season. And uh, I'm going to go under. Okay. Asif, what do you think? I'm going to take the over on this one. I mean, it's basically the same roster coming back that won, I don't know, I think when they went 48, 49 games last year. I mean, I'll take the over on this one. I mean, I'm I'm looking at they won 49 and 33 last year. So I'll take the over. I mean, it's it's the continuity of the roster, assuming Lillard and... um, McCollum are healthy. I mean, Alan Kraft, still, he's not, actually, he's not there anymore. I take that back. I mean, Jokic is going to be, uh, or Yusuf Merkic, I mean, he's, he's going to continue to get better with those guys. I mean, I'll take the over. I'll take, and they're a 500 ball club. Okay, yeah. I, I'm going to agree with Asif on this one. I mean, regular season, they've shown last couple seasons that they are in the mid 40s to high 40s in terms of wins, and I think they're going to do that again 46, 47. But uh, when it comes to playoff times, obviously last last season it ended very disappointingly for them. Uh, they got swept out of the playoffs by the Pelicans, and they had home court advantage. Uh, so what does this team need to do uh, in terms of kind of taking that next step and moving on maybe to the conference semis or conference uh, finals? Rebound, what do you think? I don't know what they're going to have to do because the West just got more stacked with LeBron coming over. And I think it's time for them to break it up. I thought they would either trade Lillard or McCollum this summer, but they didn't. I think they should. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think McCollum has been uh, kind of uh, shopped around in some trade uh, offers, I believe, but uh, we'll see what happens with that situation. Uh, Asif, I mean, in terms of their coach stats, uh do you see him kind of sticking around for much longer, or are they going to try to move on, move on to someone else? What do you think? Um, I think they're going to stick with Stotts for a little while now. I mean, assuming what new, like, I mean, look, Paul Allen's only been, he's been gone for less than a few hours, so rest in peace, and like you said, condolences to his friends and family and loved ones, but it's still too early to tell what ownership's going to do sort of with Stotts. I mean, he's gotten as much as you can get out of this roster, and I think to what you what what rebound said earlier, and I think you mentioned this as well. Is the roster is fundamentally flawed from a playoff perspective, where you have two small guards that are minus defenders, and so they get really I, I, abused. Maybe too strong of a word, but they get really taken advantage of 
in the playoffs. And so, like, I mean, if you had Lillard paired with, like, a Clay Thompson sort of guard, I mean, look, I know he's one of the best guards in the league, so I don't, I don't say that lightly, but, I mean, we're a guy plus defender. This is a, probably a, a low to mid-50s win team that could, in sort of, sort of the ball bounces their way, could be in the conference final. But, I mean, like you said, they're, I mean, they're a fundamentally flawed team from that perspective where their guards, which is now the most important position in the NBA, are minus defenders. You can, you can have one, you can't have two of those. Okay, yeah, that's definitely true. So, yeah, we, <coughs> me and Asif agree on the over on that one. Uh, rebound is taking the over. And with we'll move on to last team in the Northwest, the Utah Jazz. Over under 50 wins. What do you think, Asif? I'm taking the under there. It definitely could be a playoff team again, but, I mean, so they went 48-34 last year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's not taking anyone by surprise this year. Everyone knows who he is and what he's capable of. And, the, and I mean, Gobert's going to assume Gobert's healthy. He's going to be a defensive player of the year candidate, and he's going to anchor their defense. Joe, who's the taller? Like, Joe Ingles. Under Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles, I mean, he's a known commodity. I don't think he's making a leap with his game. I mean, I'm going to say 45 to 40 wins next year for this team. Okay. Rebound? What was the over-under? 50. Uh, I'm going to go slightly over on this one, and I think they have the, uh, I think, yeah, over. Okay. I mean, a few seasons ago, uh, Utah kind of employed the non-conventional like type system uh, compared to what other teams are playing like in the NBA today. Kind of uh, sh- use the entire shot clock, kind of swing the ball around, make a lot of passes, and then take the best shot. Kind of a slow-paced kind of offense compared to the fast-paced offense, a lot of threes and stuff like that. So, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, uh, in terms of last last season, uh, he lost out on Rookie of the Year between uh, Ben Simmons. So, I guess kind of comparing him to Ben Simmons, uh, which one are you taking uh, moving forward, re- rebound? Is it Simmons or Mitchell? Definitely Ben Simmons. Mitchell's going to be more of like a Westbrook, and Ben Simmons kind of more of like a LeBron. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair comparison. Uh, but, I mean, with Mitchell's game, uh, does he have potential to become an all-star this season, Asif? What do you think? I mean, he's definitely got potential to become an all-star. I don't, I don't say that without, without I mean, because I mean, these are the most talented basketball players in the world. But I mean, if you look at the Western Conference and the guards. I mean, it's a stacked conference, right? You have like three MVPs that are make it: Steph, Harden, Westbrook. Then you think about Chris Paul and and Clay Thompson and Damian Lillard, and that's six guards right there that are, I, I would take probably all over. Donovan Mitchell at this point, at least for like the All Star game. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, because I mean, I think I think it's a fair point to say right now. Z is that I mean, look, we're in a guard era in the NBA right now. There's just a lot of good guard. I mean, I mean, I think when, like if you guys remember, like when we grew up when we were all pretty young, we were in a big man era, right? You had a Kim Olajuwon, Shaq, yeah. Patrick Ewing, all these guys. We're we're in a guard era right now. So. You have guys that, like, 
remember Damian Lillard averaged like 27 points a game and like six assists and was getting stiff from the All-Star game, right? Like, pretty common, right? Like, there's, there's just a lot of good guards. I'll say he's not an All-Star this year. Okay, yeah, that's definitely a good point. I mean, guard wing dominated league, like you mentioned. And with this team, uh, I'm going to agree with Asif again on this one. Uh, I, I, just, I think 50 is a little over, a little inflated, a little too ambitious for this team. I think they're kind of right around where they were last season, 47-48. And then probably 5-6 seed in the, in the West, something like that. But... Uh, I don't see like much else. I mean, probably get back to the semis or at best, but we'll see what happens with that. So, I mean, with that, we'll that'll wrap up uh, the Northwest Division, and we'll move into the Southwest Division. First team we're going to take a look at the Dallas Mavericks. Over under thirty five and a half wins. Rebound. What do you think? I'm definitely going under on this one. Dallas is rebuilding mode. They already said they're going to bring Dirk off the bench, and I, just, I don't know what uh, I don't know what to expect out of the rookie. They drafted from overseas, Luka Doncic or whatever his name is, and I, I just don't know what to expect from this team. Rebuilding mode. Definitely going under on this one. Okay, Asif, what do you think? This is a 30 to 33 win team this year. I mean, these guys, I mean, Dirk's sort of doing his swan song right now. I mean, Dennis Smith and Luka Doncic, I mean, I think are good rookies, good rookie and second year player. I mean, they're the core of the franchise going forward, but it's just, there's not, I I like Harrison Barnes as a third or fourth option on a really good team, probably more of a fourth option, but there's just, it's a mishmash roster with these two young guys and veterans and then. DeAndre on this team probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but I mean, he wanted he got paid and he's there. And he'll, he'll be, I mean, if they they could easily surprise me and be like a 38, 37, 38 win team, but they're probably at best a ten or eleven seed out in the West. I don't think they're in the playoffs, so I'm, I'm gonna take the under. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with both of you guys here. Uh, I don't think they're a thirty-five win team for sure. Uh, probably thirty-two wins. And then the only really excitement for me on this team is seeing how Luka Doncic plays and uh, how he fits in alongside Dennis Smith Jr. So that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't really know, have much else to say other than uh, we'll see how Dirk plays coming off the bench if he does or if he, he if he starts. We'll see how, how that works out. But not really much, much other intrigue for me in terms of the Mavericks. So... We'll move on to another team in that division, which I think is more exciting and in the same state of Texas. The Houston Rockets. Uh, Their season ended last season uh, in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, They lost a tough matchup to the Warriors in the conference finals and almost got to the the finals uh, being up 3-2 over Golden State, but ultimately fell short. And they have an over-under at 57 wins. What do you think, Asif? Ah, man, that's a tough one. Because they, they won 65 last year, and then they lost to Riza and Emba Mute, and they added Carmelo. Uh, I mean, I'm probably going to take, take a push there. I think it's probably 
a 57 to 50, 55 to 58 win team, so I'll take a push here. They're still extremely talented. They have two, um, they have an MVP in Harden and a guy who should have at least at one point won, his career won an MVP in Chris Paul. And I mean, they're still going to jack up 43s a night and play with, they have played very well in that system, but I really think that losing Ariza hurts. I mean, small ball defender can shoot 40 plus percent from small ball uh, power forward, I should say, and can shoot 40 percent from, from three point land. I mean, I just, I'll, 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 I'm, a, I'm taking a push. Okay. Rebound, your thoughts? I'm definitely going over a really talented team. Uh, the addition of Melo will not cancel out Ariza, but he's definitely going to help with the scoring. And I think he will fit better in the pair, even though he didn't do well with Mike D'Antoni's system in New York. I think he, he's just going to have a better fit here, and I, I'm going over as in a 60 win. Okay. Between the two guys they signed to kind of replace Ariza, which guy is a better fit uh, in that offense along with Harden and Paul? Is it Ennis or is it Carmelo Anthony? Asif, what do you think? I think, I think it's Ennis. I mean, I, you, I look at Carmelo over his career. He's always been a negative defender, and that's what they really need. It's not his scoring that they need. I mean, they have plenty of guys that can just, I mean, if they just wanted scoring, they'd bring Ryan Anderson off the bench. You already got, I mean, right? I mean, he's a bit of a big man shooter as you can have, but he's such a minus defender. So, I mean, I think it's probably Ennis because uh, I think he's a little bit of a better defender. But, I mean, I haven't seen enough of him to play to have a strong enough opinion, to be quite honest. So, I mean, look, I'll take the 10-time All-Star. I'll take... No, did they? I don't I, I don't remember. Uh, so, I'll did, take your word for it, Reed. Did they do what, Rehan? Rebound? They what? traded Anderson to the Suns, right? Oh, yeah, they, they traded him for... Uh... What's okay? Chris and uh, Brandon Knight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I, you were, I don't I, didn't, I forgot that. Yeah, so I mean, I think they'll both be serviceable, but I just think when you had two defenders that really sort of accentuated the system really well and, and losing them hurts. That's, and I mean, let's not forget this team won 65 wins. That's probably, I think, in terms of best overall record of all time, like the 10th or 11th best, like sort of highest winning percentage. So that's not an easy feat. They won 80% of their games last year. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, they were very talented last season. Uh, they had a franchise-setting set- record with 65 wins. <coughs> and then just fell just short of getting to the finals. But, uh, I mean, we saw when they had success against the Warriors last season in that conference finals matchup. It was kind of a lineup that was more physical. I mean, anchored by Capella and PJ Tucker defensively. So, I mean, is that something that they can go to for the majority of the regular season? Or is that something that just they're just going to save for the playoffs again? What do you think on that question, Rebound? Well, can you repeat that? So they, they had success against the Warriors in the conference finals when they employed that kind of physical type lineup and really just got in the Warriors' nose and kind of just forced them in a bunch of tough shots. So is that something they're going to do again? In the Yeah, they're going to have to do that again to be successful. I don't see them any other way being successful. And I think if they have Chris Paul, they'll have a shot. Okay, for sure. Well, with this one and the over-under, I'm going to go over. I agree with the rebound. I think they're a 59-win team. 
Uh, obviously not 65 wins again. That was kind of a overachieving type season. I think that's, like Asif mentioned, that's really hard to do. And that's hard, really hard to duplicate as well. So I don't think they duplicate it. But they're still really good, really talented. Uh, they have the reigning MVP in Harden. And then another smart veteran top 10, top 15 type player in Chris Paul. So I think that's going to lead to a lot of wins. So would that we'll move on to team number three in the Southwest, the Memphis Grizzlies over under 33 and a half. What do you think rebound? Definitely going under her. Another rebuilding team. Just not in the form, not, not many good players. Besides Mike Conley and Marcus all, uh, Chandler Parsons has just been a complete mess over the years. He's overrated, overpaid, and I'm definitely going under her. This is an easy one. All right, Asif, what do you think about the Grizzlies? Um, I'm going to take the under, but I'm going to say that with the caveat of the team's probably on a 500 sort of pace through the first half of the season, and then I think ownership's going to sort of finally throw in the towel and trade either both Connolly slash Gasol or one or the one to the other, and just get some some sort of build for the future. So I'll take the under, but I think the first sort of call it third to half of the season, they'll be on pace to be a five hundred team. Okay, I mean we've seen when both of those guys are in the lineup and healthy, they're relatively somewhere in the like low forties and mid forties in terms of wins, but past couple seasons they haven't really been able to stay healthy. So, uh, I mean, how does, uh, I mean, do they stay healthy this season? And how does their first round pick, Jaron Jackson, kind of fit into the equation, rebound? What do you think? I really don't know much about Jaron Jackson, so I can't say much. I'll pass it on to us. I mean, I'll say, I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's an intriguing prospect, but I mean, he's not on the same timeline as Connolly and, and, uh, Marcus and I think they want to sort of groom him to play center sort of long term. And look, I mean, if you can still get some decent building assets to build with for your those two players, I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta sort of take the take Danny Ainge move and trade your three Hall of Famers or your two Hall of Famers for picks. Okay, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, um, I'm gonna have to agree with you guys here and go under as well. I think this is a 30 win team, and really. The only thing to kind of see, like Asif mentioned, is what they do with Conley and Gasol and then how uh, Jaron Jackson fares in his uh, rookie season, being the number three or number four pick, I believe. Other than that, I mean, they didn't really have any other consequential offseason signings. I think maybe, I think Kyle Anderson probably was their biggest one. But, I mean, that doesn't really do much for them. But agreement all around on this one with all three of us and... We'll move on to team number four, the New Orleans Pelicans, over under at 45 and a half. Asif, what do you think? Well, I'm taking the over here. I'm bullish. I think this is when we see the page turning on Anthony Davis becoming the MVP this year. And, I mean, I, I really like the Julius Randle signing. I think he's a very cost-effective guy for seven and a half million bucks a year. And I think that lineup with Davis and Meritage sort of for extended minutes and and also, they did a great job of placing Rondo with Alfred Payton. Him and Drew Holiday are a very intriguing backcourt. And I mean, 45 and a half, I'll, I'll say this is a 49 to 51 win season for them. All right, rebound, what do you think? 
I'm going to go push her. As just mentioned, adding Julius Randle was a good addition, but they did lose DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo, which were big pieces to the team, but still, still a talented team with Anthony Davis. So I'm going to go exactly at 45. Okay. I'm going to agree with Asif here. Uh, I think they're over for sure, in my opinion. I think 47 or 48. Uh, and I think, yeah, this is, uh, I think, going to be the season that Anthony Davis has his best shot at winning the MVP. I mean, to to win it, I think he they need to get 50 wins. So if he if he can do that, I think he's definitely in the driver's seat or in the front runner to be the MVP. But yeah, with that being said, uh, their front court is really good. But I, I think in Miritich, Anthony Davis, and Julius Randle, all those guys can stretch the floor and then it seems like all those guys can handle the ball relatively well and kind of they're vers- they're all versatile players and then Drew Holiday as we saw is very good defensively as a guard and then Etwan Moore is, is serviceable as well and then Alfred Payton off the bench as a a guy like Oscar said to replace Rondo a guy that gets other teammates involved and then and defends and gets steals so a lot of good things there in New Orleans and then they're building continuity chemistry as well, so that'll help them out. So 47-48 wins, in my opinion, and definitely going over and agreeing with Asif. So me and Asif agree on that one. Re- rebound is taking slightly under, and with that, we'll move on to team number five and the last team in the Southwest Division, the San Antonio Spurs, over under at 43.5. Rebound your thoughts. Definitely going under. Losing Kawhi is a big blow, even though they got DeRozan. Uh, and they also lost Danny Green. Uh, I'm not too big on LaMarcus Aldridge. And overall, this team, and I forgot they, they, I forgot what player got hurt. I, I believe it was Murray, and he's done for the season. So uh, I'm definitely going under on this team. Okay, Asif, what do you think about the Spurs' uh, outlook for the 18-19 season? I mean, so they went 47-35 and 35 last year without without uh, Kawhi, but they had Manu, they had Tony, they had Deontay Murray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the over. I think a motivated DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus, and Powell can get 44-45 to 45 win teams. 45 wins, and they can they can get into the into the playoffs as an eight or a seven team. Okay, uh, with Lamarcus and Demar, those are two guys who love to kind of operate at that elbow type uh, area offensively, and then being today that you have to be more three point centric and stuff. And the Spurs uh, over the years have been more three centric, three point centric type team. So. Are they kind of moving away from that permanently, or, or how does they they kind of fit with the the guys who kind of two guys in the league who are probably in the top five in mid range shots and mid range points in that in that aspect? I mean, how do they kind of figure that out? Rebound. Uh, I don't know what they're going to be doing, but Popovich will have it figured out. He he knows what he's doing. Okay, what what do you think about that, Asif? Uh, at this point, I agree with Reed 100%. I mean, Pop's one of the best coaches in the NBA, if not the best. They'll figure it out. I mean, they always do. They're never, even when they're bad, they're never that bad. So, 
if I'm wrong on my 45, it's probably they're going to win 40. They're not. They're not a 25 win ball club for sure. Okay. Yeah, they're definitely a 40 win team, but I'm going to go slightly under here with 42. I don't really know how DeRozan and Aldridge are going to mesh as far as that the mid range thing. And then obviously losing Murray, uh, their emerging point guard is kind of a big blow. So I don't know who's going to get the bulk of the minutes there. Point guard is going to be Forbes and Patty Mills. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But obviously Popovich will figure out. I mean, we'll see uh, if he's looking to retire soon. But that remains to be seen. But I'm going to go under on the 43. And I think they're 42-41 win team. So that'll wrap it up for the Southwest Division. And we'll move on to the last division, which is the Pacific Division. And the first team we're going to take a look at is the two-time reigning championship Two-time reigning champions, excuse me, the Golden State Warriors, over under sixty-two wins, rebound. What do you think? I'm definitely going over on this one. It's a very talented team, and even adding Demarcus Cousins, so definitely over. Okay, Asif. You know what? I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take the under Ash on this one, not because I don't think. I, I, so here's the way I think about it is. Two-time defending champ have had two deep playoff runs already. I mean, four they've been to the four of the last final, four, the last four finals. They're going to rest guys. They're going to have the second half of the season. They're going to integrate the Marcus to the to the, to the team. They're, I mean, I think they're going to be very very uh, methodical about rest, especially with I mean, Steph's been his tenth year. He's thirty years old now. Durant's third. Iguodala's getting there. I mean. There's just this, this team looks forward to June every year. They sort of they sort of coast the rest of the regular season and they can win sixty games in their sleep. So I'm I'm, just take, I'm taking the under purely because of that reason. Okay. If this, if this team wanted to, they I think they could contend and try to push that seventy win limit again. But I don't think they're going to. So I think it's just it'll be fifty nine to sixty one wins. I'd say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, given uh, they're definitely going to focus more on rest and kind of just getting through the regular season into the playoffs, but I'm still going to have to go over here. I mean, I mean, even if they're not playing full strength, they can beat a lot of teams, and even if they're resting guys and stuff. And usually they rest guys in the fourth quarter because they're mo- mostly blowing out teams. So I think 63-64 wins. But uh, I guess the question kind of remains, uh, I mean, Durant has kind of been... On the outside looking in, as far as like MVP, I mean, do Durant or Curry or any of them kind of enter the MVP race in this season, or is it just going to go automatically to one of the other guys like Davis or LeBron or Giannis? Do you think any of them have a shot, Asif? I mean, Steph and Durant are legitimate MVP candidates every year, but they're just going to split the vote like they always do. People are like people view them negatively because you have two former MVPs on the team that join forces. I mean, one of them will, like, they'll be in the top ten of voting, but they're not going to be in the top three. Okay. Rebound, what do you think? What was the question? So Durant and Curry uh, have usually been on the outside looking in since they joined forces as far as the MVP goes. Uh, Do you think they can get some serious consideration this season as far as the No, I don't think they can get any uh, consideration. I think Davis will be ahead, Harden, 
this year, LeBron and Atticumpo will also be ahead. Okay, and then in terms of Durant, uh, obviously he has an opt-out at the end of the season. Uh, do you see him coming back, Asif, or do you see him kind of venturing on to his uh, next chapter and kind of his own, uh, going back to being the sole uh, alpha dog? You know, I was at my barber shop the other day, last week, cause I go, I get the hair, the head shaved every week, right? I okay. go to the barber college because it's real cheap, and I was arguing with some of the students there about this. Huh? And so I think the conclusion that I came to in my head was that if they if they get the three P, he'll still come back for one more year because who doesn't want to try to win four in a row? Because they're all still in their prime. But if they lose, he's gone. So he's going to go and he's going to sort of try to do it by himself with another superstar. But he'll have a change of scenery, right? Because if, if you guys remember, right, like when the Lakers did have their three P, and then when the Bulls sort of finished up in '98, everyone you every, it was it was a pretty much consensus view that it was the end. Yeah. So I mean, definitely those those teams that were kind of older and kind of uh, had some kind of internal strife. Uh, I mean, we don't really see that any of that here. So what's really gonna break up this team, or what potential things out there can kind of break this dynasty? Is that for me or for rebound? Rebound. What do you think? I really don't know. I mean. Like, I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting question, right? Because you've got Steph locked up for four more, three or four more years, something like that, right? So he's there. Clay, Clay and KD are coming up next summer. Clay has been very open about wanting to stay with the team, but how much of a discount is he willing to take? Only time will tell, right? If will he sign for $20 million bucks or does he want 35 mm-hmm. right? And then Draymond said he's not taking a discount again next year, so... And, and and then the strange thing is with Draymond is I think he's already peaked. I think he's on the decline. I mean, it's a very marginal decline, but he's on the decline. And then, I mean, KD just may be like, all right, I've, I've won three, two, three championships, whatever it ultimately ends up being. It's like, I want to I want to prove all these naysayers wrong and show them that I can do it. Because I had, Russ was my impediment when I was in OKC, and then I got on to Steph and Draymond and Clay Thompson's coattails and one with them. And so he may just want to, he may go to New York or wherever and do it and do it himself. But it's, I don't I mean, honestly, right now, only time's going to stop these guys. These guys, if they stay together, they've got probably five really good years left where they could probably still win the title. Okay. And then in terms of this dynasty, three titles in four years, how do you kind of view them in kind of the macro sense in, in comparison to other dynasties like the, the 90s Bulls, uh, the early 2000s Lakers, the mid-80s Lakers and uh, Celtics. I mean, how did they? How are they kind of viewed on that macro aspect? What do you think, Rebound? I think they're really good. Uh, I just don't know where to put them because they're a really talented roster and they, they, everyone says they're one of the best teams, if not the best team. So I really don't know... Uh, a little bit biased towards my Lakers. I would take the Lakers over them, the early 2000 Lakers. So I, I don't know where to put them at. They're, they're a really talented team. Asif, what do you, what do you think mm-hmm. about I mean, where do you have them in kind of that macro aspect? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Akshay and say the Celtics are going to beat them every time. <laughs> and the Celtics are the greatest team of all time, frankly. 
Okay. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. No, but it, it, <laughs> seriously, I, it, I think about, uh, it's, it's a good question. You can't, it's, it's really hard to compare eras, right? Let me say that. Cause like, yeah. I mean, we all know how great, how great the Lakers and the Bulls are. At. I remember the Bulls. I don't remember the early part of their run. I mean, I remember actually being at Uncle Julio's house and watching or listening to game one of the 91 finals. I don't know if you guys remember that, but. I was too young but, for that. So. One of, well, one of my first basketball memories, to be honest. But uh, I think they're right up there with them. And the thing is, I think this team can be like the the, the 90s Bulls and the and the 80s Lakers. Right, The 80s Lakers went to what was it, nine NBA finals in that decade? Uh, I think 8 and 11 years, I think. Something like that, yes. Yeah, what, or 8 and 11 years. Like I think this team can do that. And then also, like if Jordan didn't play baseball for two years and retire, I mean, they probably would have went to seven or eight straight finals, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely think they can do that. And um, I think that, I think that these, with that, I think the other more interesting thing that sort of happens for them is I look at sort of who their greatest threat over the next, call it, five to seven years is, I think it's the Celtics. At least right now. I mean, not assuming any other roster moves. Yeah. Like, I think it's the Celtics, and they're in the East, so, I mean, they'll meet in the finals if they get there, right? Because, like, I mean, look, the Rockets, Harden and Paul are older than, are on average older than their core of four all-stars. And then also, right, like, the great unknown here, right, is, like, if KD leaves next summer and DeMarcus shows that he's back fully healthy, I think they would... I think the Warriors would happily pay him $25 million bucks a year to replace Durant, right? So then you have your all-star replaced with another one. So, I mean, I think this team's got a lot of – it's a very optimistic, good outlook, and, I mean, I think they can easily make seven or eight of the next 11 NBA finals for over their stretch, whatever it is. So, I mean, I think they're up there with them. I don't know who's better, but they're definitely in the same class. I'll say that much. Okay, and then just one more question in regards to Durant. Uh Obviously, when he came to Golden State, he was definitely on a trajectory f- for being one of the ten best players ever. Uh, in your opinion, Asif, has he is he still kind of on that trajectory, or is joining uh, forces with such a super team kind of tainted his legacy, as a lot of people have said? Um. So if it's, so, for me, right, like if 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 the Warriors the year they went seventy three and nine and they beat the they beat the Cavs, he wouldn't have come, right? Because they would have been two time defending champs. He probably optically wouldn't have come. Yeah, he came. He helped them get over the hump the last two years. And so long winded. I don't think it's really long term, but merged his legacy, his legacy and his trajectory. I think just sort of how we perceive him in the moment today is kind of, ne- for some folks, not for me personally, excuse me, not for me personally, not negative, but I don't think it affects his trajectory. I mean, in top 10 players, I mean, he's close. I mean, it's hard. I, I haven't really formulated who I think my top 10 are. I can rattle off a few. Jordan, Magic, Will, Kareem, Shaq, Larry Bird. I mean, Kobe's on the cusp of that top 10. I mean, there's. I, I need to think about that a little bit more. Tim Duncan, obviously. But, I mean, those are all, a lot of those are guys that I saw I saw a play. I mean, I, it's hard for me to how I compare. Bill Russell's in that class. I mean, he's up there. He's definitely 50 greatest of all time, for sure, and definitely probably 25. But where he ranks, is he 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13? I don't know. Okay. Rebound, what do you think about Durant's trajectory as far as, like, all time? I mean, has him going to the Warriors ruined it for you, or are you still on the same track as you were before he came to the Warriors? <laughs> 
No, it definitely hurts. He, he just went to a team where he could have he could have won. Like, it was a win-win for him. Definitely, definitely hurts it in my. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I guess enough said about the Warriors. Uh, Asif's going under me and rebounder going over. And we'll uh, move on to team number two in Pacific Division. The Los Angeles Clippers over under at 37 and a half. Asif, what, what are your thoughts on the Clippers season? I'm taking the under here. I mean, they've just got a lot of pieces that I mean, it's, it's an interesting team because I would have traded Beverly and I would have traded Tobias Harris for more young assets. I mean, they're, they're good players still, and I would have traded Lou Williams to get some just draft picks and younger players. I mean, I think the two guards they drafted, Gilgis, Payne, and the other one, I think are good good players. But I mean, you don't need those veterans sort of here. They don't really this team like they're not a they're not a contending team yet. Yeah, maybe if all their all the chips go all the ball the balls bounce their way, they can maybe make the playoffs. It's like winning forty a forty games, but and they're just playing out of their mind. But I would and but I'm taking the under. I'm thirty eight. I think you said Z. I'm taking the under. Thirty seven and a half. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I'm taking the under. Okay. Rebound. Oh, what what do you think about the Clippers? Yeah, uh, I'm definitely taking the under on this one. I just don't, I just don't like their coach and a lot of rebuilding here. So I'm definitely going to go under. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely going to have to agree. It's just they don't really have an identity as a team. I mean, it's just a lot of bunch of different players. Beverly, Lou Williams. I'm, they traded uh, Austin Rivers for Marcin Gortat, but, I mean, they still have Gallinari. I mean, they got Avery Bradley and Tobias Harris in the Blake Griffin trade last season. Uh, they got Luke Richard and Bamute again. Yeah, I was gonna say, hey, Reed, does does your opinion on Doc Rivers is it affected by the fact that he coached the Celtics? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, because I hate him because he coached the Celtics. That's why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, the only really excitement for me in regards to watching the Clippers is seeing how Gilgis Alexander plays in his rookie season. I I watch him a little in the tournament. I really liked his game, his length, and I think he can do some good things defensively. So it's gonna just gonna be interesting to see how he develops. That's really about it. And then uh, we'll see how how long Doc Rivers has on his leash to be the head coach. And I mean, what kind of moves uh, Jerry West has up his sleeve as being a kind of a consultant to the Clippers, but. Other than that, not much going on. And we'll move on to team number three across the hall in the Staples Center, the mo- more exciting team and probably the most intriguing team in the Western Conference this season. The Los Angeles Lakers obviously signing LeBron in the offseason over under at 47.5. And, and we'll start with you, Rebound. What do you think? I'm going slightly over. I'm going to go 50 win. Just talented team. Obviously, starting with LeBron, they added Rondo and a couple other veterans, Beasley, Stevenson, McGee, and then with the young core, you got Kuzma, Alonzo, Ingram, who everyone's really high on, saying LeBron's going to make him good, he's going to make him his Pippin, and uh, i just I just going to go slightly over, it's a biased opinion, but yeah, I'm going slightly over Okay, Asif, what what do you what are your thoughts on the Lakers? I mean, first of all, I'm super happy. Let me just say that we got the best player in the game on our team, so 
I'm very happy about that. And, uh, I mean, 40, 47 and a half, you said, Zishan? Yeah, that's correct. All right. I mean, so I, my hope is that they give all the young guys, Hart, Kuzma, Ingram, and Lonzo, a lot of run with LeBron because I think that serves them well for the next couple of years, not just not really this season. But, I mean, given the veterans that they signed in Rondo and Rondo and McGee and Stevenson, I don't think that's going to be the strategy, which that would have been my strategy. But I think they're going to be right in this sort of, 47, 48 win ballpark, so I'm going to give it a push. Okay. Rebound, in, re- in regards think- to your buddy Lonzo Ball, uh, I can't believe that, uh, I mean, he broke up with his girlfriend, uh, she's requesting child support, and I mean, this is pretty much a non-story. I haven't heard about it at all. I haven't heard about anything from your buddy Lavar Ball. I mean, he seems like he's a ghost now. So is, is it really just signing LeBron that makes all this go away? I mean, what's the situation here? Uh, yeah, I think Magic probably told LeVar he needs to shut up or they're going to trade Lonzo because I think he was faking the injury throughout the offseason because they told him Lakers were looking at some trades, obviously, to get Kawhi, and Lonzo was probably part of the deal, and then all of a sudden Lonzo got injured. So, But, yeah, LeVar has been quiet. Okay, and then... Asif, in regards to LeBron, uh, obviously the last couple seasons, two seasons or so, we've seen some slippage from him on defense. And uh, But 15 straight season, he's been at a all-NBA, first all-NBA type level. Uh, when do we start seeing signs of slippage from him offensively and kind of in the facilitating uh, aspect? I mean, when do you think that starts coming for him? I mean, it's... it's- I mean, the, the guy's been in the league since he's been 18 years old, and he's, and he's played lights out and been the best player of the game probably 12 of those 15 years, right? So 12, 13, maybe, if not all. But I think that peak, when it when that when that sort of slip, when he falls, not, I, I don't think it's a clip for him, but it could be next year. It could be four years from now. I don't know. And I think it's probably two two seasons from now, but, I mean, he goes from being the best player in the game to maybe the third or the fourth or the fifth. He's still really, really good, right? So, I mean, but I think, to your point, Deshaun, I think he's going to tailor his game even more. I mean, he's a student of the game. He's going to be more in the post. He's going to be more, I think the best thing he could do for the longevity of his career is play small ball center and just run, because he's still, he's, I mean, he's a once-in-a-lifetime sort of athlete that we've seen that, like, he would be able to outrun every center in the NBA. And, I mean, he, and he has the skills and the vision of one of the best point guards. He's also one of the best point guards in the NBA, right? So yeah. playing him at center and playing Kuzma, Ingram, Hart, and Lonzo, and that's why I was saying sort of that lineup, I mean, I would give that lineup as much run as you can. I know there'd be growing pains, and I'm not, I mean, but, like, if you've got LeBron under contract with three more years, you really got to see what you have with the young guys, right? Like, you know what you're going to get from Rondo and from Stevenson and from JaVale and, and those guys. I mean, it's, it's how he interacts with the young guys is the great unknown. Yeah, definitely. And then, I mean, kind of the dynamic we have here that, I mean, basically for the last, like, 13, 14 seasons, uh, L.A. is a Kobe-dominated town, and they really they really hated LeBron, uh, a lot of uh, the Kobe fans and stuff. So basically early on, if things 
kind of go wrong, rebound. I mean, is this kind of a situation that we can see uh, kind of uh, go really badly, kind of like we did with Dwight Howard and Steve Nash that season, or is that just doomsday scenario talk? I think that's just doomsday. Uh, LeBron's a much bigger talent, and LeBron's healthy. Dwight and Nash were both hurt when they came. Nash was towards the end of his career, and Dwight was coming off surgery when he came, so I just don't see it happening. Okay, and then in regards to Lonzo Ball, uh, if he hasn't really shown last season that he developed a shot, so I mean, how is he going to fit with LeBron if all he likes to do is facilitate and stuff, and he he hasn't really shown yet that he can play off the ball? Uh, how's that dynamic going to work, Asif? Um, I don't know, but I want to. I want to give it enough playing time to see if it does work or if it doesn't work. That's that's the the point I've been trying to make, right? It's cause okay. Rondo, we already know he's in his what tenth year, tenth, twelfth year in the league. He can't shoot. He's still a good defender. He's very like he's a moody player too. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I love, I like him as a player, but I hate him because he was what the Celtics. But like I mean, he's a Laker now, so I love him. But. I mean, you want to see with, Lon- with like with Lonzo, right? Like his thought, his shot has always been unorthodox. But I mean, I think there were times and stretches last year where he was a forty percent plus three point shooter, right? But you just want to give it time and give it a chance, right? That's all. Okay. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. So, um, in regards to the Lakers, uh, I'm gonna agree with rebound here. I'm gonna take the over. I think forty nine fifty wins. I think maybe a four or five seed in the West. Uh, a lot of growing pains, like Asif mentioned, but definitely uh, you have to see him along with these young guys. I mean, because, I mean, as far as just a pure athleticism standpoint, Asif, is there, has LeBron in, been on any team in his career that is more athletic than this team? I mean, I would say sort of call it the first year with the Heat, right? He was, what, 26 years old, seven, seven years ago? Yeah, he was 25. I he think was, Wade was 27, something like that. And then Yeah, Bosch was, was 27 as well. I mean, they were I mean, they were in their athletic primes, right? I mean, that's probably the only team to compare it to, I guess. But definitely not his second go-around with the Cavs. I mean, they've always been a little bit older with veterans, right, outside of Kyrie. I mean, so... I guess not. I mean, his early Cavs teams, I mean, he was probably the only player on those teams. Larry Hughes and Ricky Davis and Zajunas Nogalskis. I mean, those are middling NBA players, right? He made Damian... Who's, who's that? Damian... Damian, D- Damian Jones? Jones? Like, he made Damian... He made Damian Jones and Danny... Danny Smith look like, like legitimate NBA players. And they're, like, they're literally out of the league a year after they leave their team. Yeah. Like, I mean, it just shows, like, from that podcast yesterday when you guys did the Eastern Conference preview, like, players not wanting to play with LeBron. I mean, dude, every player in the league wants to play with LeBron because he can hide their talent. I mean, but when you're, like, a top NBA player, like, call it top 15, you also think you're in that same class, right? Like, that's Jimmy Butler's problem right now, right? Like, you think LeBron's LeBron and Steph and KD and Harden's class. He's an all-star, but he's not in their class. He's not a franchise-altering player. At a standalone basis. Okay, and then kind of LeBron, uh, he's already gone over 30,000 points. Uh, do, do you think he becomes gets to that milestone of 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists? Do you think he hits those three milestones rebound? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I can't. 
I can't say it's a tough call, but uh, so I don't know. It's a toss-up. Okay. All right, yeah. I mean, definitely the most exciting season for the Lakers, obviously, since that doom season in 2012-2013, but we'll see what happens there. We'll move on to team number four, a very young team, the Phoenix Suns, over under at 29 wins. Asif, what do you think? I'm going to I'll give them the over. I'm going to say it's a low 30s win team, but uh, it's still not clear to me what Devin Booker ultimately becomes. Um, DeAndre Ayton, I mean, he looks amazing from what I've seen him in college and the one half of preseason basketball I've seen him play, but that whole team, I still think they're figuring out exactly what they are. I mean, Josh Jackson's a good piece. Devin, Devin Booker, they've anchored the franchise too. They gave him the max deal, right? The five-year, $150 million or whatever it was. Yeah. So they kind of, I mean, they've kind of said that he's going to be their franchise player going forward. So, I mean, I hope they continue to develop. I mean, I've always liked Phoenix as a basketball destination. And uh, who's, their, who's their coach now? They've had a different coach every year. Uh, they hired Igor Kokoskov, a Russian coach. Oh, yeah, yeah, they hi- yeah, yeah, they hired, yeah, now I remember. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the over. I'll give him 31 wins. All right, rebound. What do you think? I'm gonna go under on this one. They're definitely rebuilding, but a talented team, as this mentioned. So, uh, going in the right direction. But they just fired their GM too, and like about nine days before the season started, it was gonna start. So that's a, that was a bad move. They should have done that a lot earlier in the off season. Uh, so, but I like Devin Booker and Aiden. So uh, I don't know. Okay. And then, I mean, they recently fired uh, their GM, Ryan McDonough. I mean, this team has just been one of the most dis- dysfunctional teams the last five seasons or so. And they've just been awful, I mean, in the front office. So who's going to step up and become their new GM, Austin? I, I think I've been hearing James Jones' name, uh, their assistant GM mentioned. Or are there any names in the mix? That's the only one I've heard as well. But at this point, I honestly don't know. I mean... To be internal, like I did, I didn't, I never would have thought Elton Brand was going to become GM of the Sixers. I thought they were going to hire some big money guy away from one of the other teams. So, uh, I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess James Jones. That seems like the leading candidate right now. We'll see what happens there. But uh, I'm going to agree with Asif. Go over on this one. Uh, a lot of young guys, and I mean, a lot of like young guys in the early 20s. Uh, Bender Booker. And then a couple veteran guys in the mix. I think I believe they just signed Jamal Crawford today. Uh, Tyson Chandler, Trevor Ariza. So kind of a good mix. And then kind of a new rejuvenation with their new coach. And I think that will kind of uh, put them pe- put some pep in their step. Kind of give them some motivation. So 31-32 wins. But still uh, a lottery team once again. So uh, I guess with that we'll move on to team number five. And the last team in the Pacific Division in the Western Conference. The Sacramento Kings, over under 26. Rebound, what do you think? Definitely going under on this one. Same with the Suns. They're in the right direction, but definitely not going to go over on this one. Okay, Asif, what do you think? I'm taking under. 
contender. I mean, I can name a few players on their team, but I don't think any of them are like all super altering. I mean, I like De'Aaron Fox, but he's a point guard with deficiency. I mean, Willie Cauley Stein's been okay, but I don't know what direction that or that that um, franchise has headed with Vlade and Vivek heading that team. I mean, they've been sort of all over the place. I'll take I'll take the under. I'll agree with Brian on this one. Okay, I mean, does Vlade have an unlimited leash, or I mean, at what point does it become uh, to the, get to the point where it crosses the line and they they have to get rid of him? What do you think, rebound? Uh, I think it, it seems like he's on an unlimited leash, but I think eventually they're gonna have to get rid of him. Okay. I mean, is 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 Vlade the new the new age Isaiah Thomas and is Vivek? The new age James Dolan. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that, that very well could be the case, but I mean, but <laughs> that's very interesting point. Yeah, interesting thing to think about. But I mean, I said the the Suns were really bad, but I mean, as far as dysfunction front office, I mean, but the the Kings have been even worse. I mean, they've unanimously been like the worst team the last like as far as the front office standpoint, the last six seven seasons. So. It's just been really awful, I mean, compared to what I saw in the early 2000s when they challenged the Lakers uh, in the conference finals and stuff. So, just, I mean, long long road ahead for this team. And then just kind of a lot of overlap, I mean, kind of with their draft picks. I mean, Bagley, Labissier, Willie Cauley-Stein. I mean, I don't really know what direction they're going. I mean, Ben McLemore, De'Aaron Fox, just, I don't know when some of these draft picks are going to hit and materialize for them. I haven't yet to see that, and I don't think that we're going to see that this season as well. So I think they're a 23-22 win team and probably have a top five pick again next season. So we'll all agree on that one, and that'll wrap it up for the Western Conference over-unders. Before we sign off for the night, uh, I just wanted to do the picks. I mean, we we got rebounds picks last night, but we'll get mine and Asif uh, tonight. So Asif, uh, I think you kind of already kind of hinted at this earlier in the pod. Who's your who's going to be your MVP for this season? Oh, it's AD. It's AD, and if if he gets injured, it's it's Giannis. Okay. Yeah, for me, I'm going to have to go Anthony Davis, even though I I think he has to win 50 games. But if he gets somewhere near 50 wins, I think that will be kind of a good storyline. He lost Demarcus Cousins. They lost. Rondo, and then he's still kind of continuing that dominant, dominant type play, and I think he'll definitely have the numbers. Uh, Austin, if you're going to say something, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say. So my top three are AD, Giannis, and LeBron. I mean, if LeBron gets carries the Lakers to 52, 53 wins, he will probably win it. But okay. those are my top three. All right. Yeah, for sure. So uh, next one, uh, Coach of the Year, Asif. What do you think? That's a tough one. I mean, honestly, I think I think you have that scenario of where LeBron and LeBron and the Lakers win fifty plus games. I think it can be Luke, but I mean, it's, it's it, they always give it sort of that coach of that team who takes an ordinary team and makes them pretty good. Like Terry, didn't Terry Stotts win it last year? They got swept in the first round. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I no, no, been. it was Dwayne Casey. It was Dwayne Casey. It was Dwayne Casey. Oh, Dwayne Casey won it. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I really don't have a strong pick for Coach of the Year, so I'm going to abstain from this one. Okay. 
Uh, with this one, I mean, I'm probably just going to go with Nate McMillan in Indiana. That's a team I really like. I think I expect them to be probably top three or four in the Eastern Conference, and I could definitely see them giving it to Nate McMillan. So that's what I'm going to go with. So I guess next one we're going to look at Defensive Player of the Year, Asif. What do you think? The tough one. I think Kawhi has the resurgence year this year in Toronto, and he got this. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the Warriors. I think Draymond finally gets it. I mean, obviously, Asif mentioned he's kind of on the down, down end of his career, but, I mean, he's still, in my opinion, a, a superb defender who has a lot of versatility. He can guard probably the, all three front court positions and he can rebound and do a lot of other stuff as well. So I think he finally breaks through and gets defensive player of the year this season. So, uh, what was that? Didn't he get it two years ago? Oh, I think Kawhi got it two years ago. Didn't he? No, Draymond got it two years ago. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. My mistake. I apologize. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and Z, just to be clear, I agree with you. I mean, Draymond's still one of the best defenders in the NBA. When I, when I talk about downfall, I don't think it's off like a... It's a, it's a nice, steady... It's a very marginal, steady decline. I just don't think he's at his peak, that's all. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, uh, with that, uh, I guess we'll move on to the next award. With this one, uh, Sixth Man of the Year, Asif, what do you think? I think it's going to be Iguodala. Iguodala? Okay. Uh, for me, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of a tough one. I'm... I guess, I mean, it's, ha- it's going to have to be one of those, probably one of those guys on the better team. So I'm just going to go Eric Gordon. I think he's going to come off the bench. And then, I mean, he's pretty much instant offense. He hits threes for them. I think he's going to do that again this season. And I think he'll win the sixth man. So, uh, most improved, Asif, what do you think for this one? I think I'm going to give you an outside pick because it's going to be a surprise. I think it's going to be Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that was probably one of the biggest mysteries in the entire NBA last season, what happened to him. So, I mean, we wish him well. Hopefully he can come back and be, be an impact player for Philadelphia. But I'm going to go with the pick that Akshay and Rebound had last night. Uh, in Brandon Ingram, I think uh, he's going to benefit from being alongside LeBron and kind of reap the benefits of that. And I think he's going to average somewhere in the, near 20 points and be the most improved player, in my opinion. So uh, last one, uh, Rookie of the Year, Asif. What do you think? I'll give it to Aiton because he's going to put up numbers on a pretty bad team. And that's yeah. Actually, no, 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 I take that back. I think it's going to be Doncic. I'll, I'll go with Doncic. I mean, dude was EuroLeague, EuroLeague MVP as an 18-year-old, or 19-year-old, or however old he was. He's yeah. going to get touches, and he's going to show how good he is. I'll go with Doncic. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Asif. I think it's going to be Doncic. Uh, I think he's going to have a good season, kind of being the one of the focal points of the Mavericks offense, and I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. So. So with that, that'll wrap it up for the Western Conference over-unders and the awards picks. Thank you so much, Asif and Rebound, for coming on. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Z, for having us. Look forward to doing something again soon. Sounds good. Uh, Everybody, thank you so much for listening.
and hope you guys enjoy the start of the 2018-2019 NBA season. And I'll be back later this week for Week 7 Scorching 6 NFL Picks. Thank you.